Today, we're discussing the largest study of global guest satisfaction done this year, as well as the takeaways for your business and the way you provide hospitality. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Neil James is the Chief Operating Officer at Shiji Review Pro, which recently released its Global Guest Satisfaction Benchmark Report. In this episode, we cover why guest satisfaction matters more than ever today, insights from the report, and what it means for you. So, Neil, thanks so much for taking a little time to talk. Can you tell us a little bit about why you did this research project? Yeah, absolutely. So at City Review Pro, we have, for the last year and a half, been running a hotel data benchmark report. And the idea here was that quite, quite a few years back, we used to run a report for luxury hotels in the market where we would show which were the top luxury hotels and chains around the globe based on guest satisfaction and online reputation scores. And recently, you know, specifically post-pandemic, we realized that there was an awful lot of data out there and it was very difficult for hoteliers to understand, okay, these new indexes that I've got and these new scores that I've got. Uh, how does that fit within the market? You know, am I doing well? Am I not? I'm looking at my competitors, but I don't know if as a general benchmark, this is good or not, right? So we obviously are a data company and we've been in the market for over 12 years. And, you know, this is a great opportunity to basically give something back to the market and give this benchmark, analyze the data. It helps us obviously when we're speaking to our clients and and give them a bit of consultancy related to how they're performing against the competitors, but also against the industry in general. And more than anything, for hoteliers to be able to have a, an understanding on how are things changing and where should their focus be when it comes to looking at guest satisfaction, the guest experience, and also the employee experience, right? So how can they change the perception of the guests and staff at the property? We certainly have a unique perspective working with tens of thousands of hotels around the world and then having data that analyzes the feedback for many more. But I think before we get into the findings of this study, I have to ask you, why does guest satisfaction matter? Isn't it hospitality just about building cool hotels and making a lot of money doing that? You know, why why should we care about guest satisfaction? So, I mean, yeah, hospitality is about building cool hotels for definite. I'm making a lot of money out of it. But in order to do that, you clearly need to have customers and customers that are willing to come back. Uh, Or if they're not willing to come back, then at the very least, they're willing to share the experience and make sure that other guests are willing to pop at your hotel, right? And so the key thing here is making sure that your guests know what to expect when they come to your property, to know that they connect with the brand or with your concept specifically, and that when they get there, those expectations are met. And this is what enables, you know, you're not going to buy a Fiat and expect it to, you know, perform like a Lamborghini, right? It's just not going to be the case. And it's the same thing when it comes to hotels. Your guests will have different expectations depend on the kind of vacation they're taking or the kind of business trip that they're going on. And therefore, that guest experience needs to be set. Then people need to understand what is the guest journey that they're actually building for their guests pre, during, and post-stay so that 
then they can make sure that they're obviously delivering on, on that promise. Yeah, that's a really good explanation. And I couldn't agree more because guest satisfaction almost kicks off this flywheel, right? Of advocacy, people, as you point out, people coming back and it just makes your business become better and better. And it allows you, even with the concept that you might have, for you to tweak elements of that and to improve. And ultimately the output is higher financial performance. I'm glad we're talking about this because we're coming off of obviously a, uh, a wild couple of years with so much change happening in hospitality. And so it's good to go back and see, okay, what, what are we seeing from guests? What are they asking for? What are the changes? Let's get into some of the things that you found in this study as you kind of look across all the data and all the ways that you analyzed that. What are some things that, that stood out to you in this data set? Yeah, so just before I go into the detail, just so that the, the people that are listening are aware. So when we do this report, we're actually looking at data of over 9,500 hotels around the globe. And those are over three, four, and five-star categories. And it's six regions across the globe. So we try to cover a good breadth. I think the, the first thing to mention is obviously the, the key indicator that, that we measure is an indicator called the Global Review Index, which is, you know, a proprietary index of the Review Pro. And this is the main index that enables us to identify how the online reputation of that hotel is, is performing or group or region. So for quarter one, 2023, what we basically saw was there was an increase in the GRI. It was small uh, in comparison to the Q1 2022, but there was an increase that was driven mainly by the five-star category uh, and also driven by hotels in Asia Pacific. Uh, so that's where we saw a, a, a big part of the increase. Um, we see that the review volume continues to increase compared to Q1 2022 but we're still about 10% below pre-pandemic level. Yeah, and what we are actually seeing is that although the review volume continues to grow, it's starting to plateau. Yeah, we're starting to get to that point. And I think that makes sense because, you know, we're at a point now where many people are traveling. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of motivation to, to go around the globe again. However, having said that, we also know that because rates are so high, it doesn't necessarily mean the hotels are full. Right, because we're revenue managing our properties and we're trying to keep the cost down as well to make it more efficient. So in which case you would expect that not necessarily that review volume would be as high as 2019, but we're not far away from it, which I think is is interestingly the largest increase in reviews was in Asia Pacific, where we saw a 69.1% growth versus the same period last year. Yeah, so this is obviously seeing that you know people have most likely started to get more comfortable doing long haul flights again and being able to go back over to, to that region, right? Which uh, when the, we were just coming out pandemic, people were traveling, but a lot of it was still staycation, right? So that, I think that's a, a very interesting piece to see there. Uh, also, uh, not surprised by the fact that Booking.com continues to dominate the online review volume when it comes to the sources. Uh, that's uh, followed with by Google and TripAdvisor. If I could just, uh, uh, Neil, uh, on that point, I think to yeah. your earlier point of the Global Review Index being a really interesting way to understand guest satisfaction overall, because I think, you know, when I started in the business, uh, TripAdvisor was far and away the market leader, it felt. It's been really interesting to see the rise of OTAs. I think that's not necessarily going to surprise anybody that's listening to this. But I think uh, an important point to underscore is looking at guest satisfaction holistically and as more you know, so many people choose to shop on these websites. They're looking at the yep. feedback in context of booking.com 
or Expedia or increasing or, or Google too, which is really fascinating to see um, feedback spread across these different platforms. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, it was probably more, um, there was probably more segmentation in the past, obviously, right? And as, as we say, this booking and, and Google have grown uh, so much, then that obviously has uh, an impact. But, you know, we know that guests, for example, in China will be looking at reviews in Ctrip or Crypt.com, right? And therefore, while the others, Google, for example, nobody would be looking at reviews over there. So the importance of being able to understand, okay, if you're looking to attract guests from that particular market, then obviously you need to be able to do something in order to be able to increase those reviews there. You um, need to track it, but you also need to do something, I, th- I think, as in also kind of encourage feedback on, on yeah, these, these sites that are important to these, these core audiences. Yeah, totally. And I think interestingly as well, you know, while Booking.com and Google continue to be really dominant in the market, it's interesting to see uh, from conversations that we've had with TripAdvisor that TripAdvisor is still a super, super important channel when people are actually looking before booking, right? And specifically when it comes to leisure market, not only, but specifically when it comes to leisure market, because people want more context, right? They want to understand the experience people are having. And there's, there's a lot more content on TripAdvisor when it comes to, you know, textual content. Uh, then that still uh, continues to be a, a key part. Yeah, uh, it I was think- just uh, just on that point, it's interesting. I, I did some travel uh, this summer throughout Europe, and um, I, you know, when I had a good stay, I would ask the uh, the the manager, you know, where can I leave a, a good review? What's most useful? And to the last one, they were saying, go to TripAdvisor, go to TripAdvisor. And so it's again, it's Absolutely. to our point though. You can't. There's no one perfect solution here. TripAdvisor has built an amazing business. They also have great organic search rankings. So if you're searching in the name of your hotel and reviews, like TripAdvisor often comes at the top of that. So you got to participate in that, but also booking clearly is important. So it's kind of, it's all, it all matters. And, and this is why, you know, management response is so important as well across the various channels, right? Because at the end of the day, people are going to go to all of these channels and they're going to make their decisions about what they're doing, dependent on what they see online, right? So at the end of the day, it's super, super key to not only know what your reputation looks like, but also to be setting expectations to guests through management response so that they know what to expect when they come there and they know why, you know, you need to get a taxi to get from the airport to the hotel or whichever, right? So it's, yeah, super important. And I think, um, so one of the other things that was interesting, uh, not surprising, but definitely interesting from the data is of the top five department indexes, the value index was the one that had the lowest score. And for us on the, on the index that we have, that was 83.3%. And I say it's not surprising because we all know, obviously, ADR is a place that in most cases for most, almost most of our clients, most hoteliers is something that we've never seen. Right. Um, and because of that, you know, guests are paying that much more, you know, they're getting surprised when they go online to look at rates and they're, they're shopping because they're paying so much more when they get there. They're expecting a hell of a lot more, right? They expect a great experience. And I think, you know, this is one of those key things that we've been involved with, with many of our clients is, okay, what can be done in order to make sure that the guest feels that they get in perception of value for the money that they've paid, right? And those could be simple little things that, you know, are the welcome, how the technology is used, how you're reducing the queues because you're automating a lot of the stuff. You're making things readily available, information, and so on. But 
that piece is so, so important because of the fact that they pay in so much more these days, right? I wonder if we could talk just a little bit more about that, because one thing I appreciate about learning from you, Neil, is, is just the very deep operational expertise that you have as a former hotel operator, general manager. Um, and I'll link to the story that we did before in, in the show notes. People should check that out. But as you think operationally, how do I make guests feel like they're getting good value? You mentioned kind of making it smooth and frictionless. Is there anything else you've observed from the hotel groups that you work with? People doing interesting things to make a higher feeling of, of value for these higher rates that we're paying? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think there's a couple of things. One, uh, I was at a, a hotel group conference recently. And one of the things they talked about was, you know, how obviously loyalty and their loyalty program was so, so important. But they also said that, you know, one of the things that hotel groups must get is that there are a lot of loyal customers that continue to book through the OTAs, right? You might not know them because each time it's a different profile that comes through. But those guests could be, for example, every time they go to booking.com looking for Hilton, right? Or looking for Radisson or looking whoever, right? So in that case, you're at a point where you also need to understand, okay, these guests are, also, are as important, really, as those loyalty guests. Of course, we want to keep those loyalty guests that are part of our loyalty scheme happy and coming back and always booking it. But we also have to bear in mind that the experience of everybody else is just as important because they could be booking our, our properties globally. In addition, I've also, you know, what I've also seen is that there are hotels or, and hotel chains that obviously are looking for ways to be able to improve the guest experience through technology, which is key, right? Because technology is obviously not there to replace the humans, but it's there in order to be able to give our team members more time when dealing with those guests that really need support, right? The key is, is that uh, you and I talked about this in our interview a while back, where the key of the, the implementation is so important, right? How you implement it, but not only how you implement it, how you promote it. So for example, if you go, if you're about to stay at a hotel and you get an invite to uh, check in online, well, when I get to the hotel and I've checked in online and then I get to the desk and they still have to put me into the system. They still have to cut my room key and they don't tell me of any benefit that I've received from doing that. Then clearly, you know, I don't have much want or need to continue with that process moving forward. Even though as travelers, we're used to doing this day in, day out with the airlines, right? But we just haven't got to that point of, okay, hey, check in online, beat the queues. Go directly to the bar, pick up your room key from there, and there'll be a welcome drink waiting for you. Right? Something that tells me, okay, this makes sense, right? Because at the end of the day, you want your guests to engage with that. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mention that because it almost seems that a bad implementation of technology is worse than none at all. I had an experience a couple of weeks ago like that where I went through the process and then I showed up at the hotel and I was jet lagged and had to, I was typing, trying to type on an iPad, small iPad keyboard which had a different keyboard configuration than normal. And so I was so excited. And it was about three pages. It felt like 50 fields. And then the host was just like sitting there and watching me. And I'm like, this is worse than if I was just waiting for you to take care of everything. So if you're going to implement so, tech, do it smart. But it, I wonder if we could talk just a bit more about this because you mentioned um, technology and kind of thinking about guest experience design as a way to improve value. So you, you talked about kind of reducing the queue time, thinking about kind of a better check-in experience. Is there any other part of the hotel operation where you've seen 
technology present some opportunity or be, you know, something that people can be thinking about? Yeah. So I was in the UK a while back with some, some of our clients there. And one of the specific examples I gave is that within Sheetly Review Pro, we have a platform called guest communications, right? And this is the ability to proactively communicate with your guests across multiple channels, i.e. WhatsApp, WeChat, SMS, et cetera. And, you know, we were looking at their data because we were trying to forecast their guest experience for the summer period, right? So what's going to happen with your guest experience, June, July, and August, and how to deal with that? So we were looking at the historic data. And one of the key things that came up, because there was a heat wave in the UK last year in the summer, obviously was air conditioning. Air conditioning in the UK compared to other countries is not the best. I'm not labeling that for every single hotel, just in case you're listening, but, you know, we know that that's the case. And, you know, in, in those cases, there's not much that you can do. But, you know, when I was speaking to this hotel group, I said, okay, just imagine, right, you're at one of those days where you're hitting the top temperatures that, you know, have never been seen. So just imagine the ability to send up a WhatsApp message, those guests that you have their numbers and say, wow, can you, can you believe this hot temperature we've got? You know, we never hit this. We've hit a record today. But just to help cool you down, pass by reception and we have an ice cream complimentary on the hotel waiting for you here. Just something so simple and small that has very little cost that can really change that experience, right? All of a sudden you go from, uh, oh my God, it's roasting in here. You can't get the air to somebody coming down, getting the ice cream, maybe having a discussion with a team member and turning that experience around, right? And while technology is not the thing that's done Every single point of that is the enabler in order to be able to kind of influence that experience. Well, it's so cool to hear that. I'm just obsessed with uh, hearing stories of these small, low-cost amenities that make a big difference. And there's something, you know, I, I, even if you're staying at a luxury hotel, it's interesting how powerful something that is very cheap and it's just given. But it's also the empathy behind that, as you pointed exactly. out. It's recognizing our guests are probably feeling hot right now. Let's be creative, make them feel special. But you, it also requires having this infrastructure behind the scenes. I think to what you're alluding to, you have to have the communication channels. You need to have these paths of communicating with the guests. And something yeah. that you and I have talked about before is also maximizing the uh, touch points or opportunities to listen to the guests. And so you mentioned earlier, you know, overall online review volume is down. Maybe you have less guests, but you're charging more. But maybe that's an opportunity to make sure that you have a strong uh, process in place for guest satisfaction surveys um, as well, you know, more mobile, real-time feedback, because you need to think about, okay, maybe we have less guests, but we still need to learn a lot about our operation. So what are other ways to listen? We have less guests, but probably our employee to guest number is more or less the same as it would have been anyway, right? So we have less guests, but we have less team members as well, right? Because we're trying to employ the technology. And that's one of the things you know, the, the touch points are super key at, you know, messaging, like we just talked about WhatsApp, et cetera, the ability for guests to be able to communicate to you across multiple channels, you know, in real time. Yes, you need to have people or a chatbot that can help to respond to a certain amount of that, right? Uh, a lot of our clients are implementing the chatbot that enables you to, you know, the system to respond to maybe 80%, 85% of those queries. And then only, you know, those 15% then need to be responded by a team member. So that obviously already introduces an element of automation, guest service. It's instant, it's multilingual, right? So already there's already a lot of benefits to that. But also one of the things, and, and this is where we talk about implementation being so important, is like 
in-state surveys are one of the things that we speak to our clients a lot about, right? Okay, don't wait until they've left the hotel to implement a survey. Ask them after the first night or a couple of hours after arrival through these various channels, is everything okay at the moment? Do you need anything, right? And then you've got an opportunity to turn, you know, dissatisfied around the, the shower being broken, the toilet not working, the bed not being comfortable, or, you know, I expected a room overlooking the swimming pool and I haven't had it, etc. Well, you know, you've got an opportunity to deal with that while the guest is there and make sure you turn that appearance around. But the key there is that the operation needs to be able to respond to that. Right, because at the moment that you are going out and asking guests, okay, is there anything that we can do? And if you're not delivering on that and not responding to them on that, then you're actually negatively impacting their stay. So the technology can really, really help as long as it's been implemented and the process of responding, escalation, etc., has obviously been behind them. I love that, Neil. I feel like every time we talk, I learn so much. I appreciate you sharing your expertise. Um, I'm going to link to the story we did earlier in the show notes because people need to know more about your story, um, but also we'll link to that report you and your team have put together. It's a treasure trove of data and insights on uh, what's going on in hospitality today. So thanks so much for taking a, a, a little bit of time today to, to walk us through that and share your perspective. And I hope we have a chance to chat again soon. No problem. Thank you, Josiah. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show on Instagram and YouTube. So if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. Dot com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. Tomorrow.